Well, welcome to the Busy Robinovores. I'm Mariana. I'm Kristen. And I'm Melody, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Today we're here with the lovely, wonderful, magical Melody Carlisle. Yeah. A host of the Heaving Bosoms. Yay. Yay. Yeah, I'm honored uh, to be here. Thank you for asking me. Thank you so much. So excited. This is, this is, you have been on our invi- invite list since this was a twinkle in our eyes. Oh! So. Yeah. <laughs> you were one that of those so like, happy. oh, maybe one day. <laughs> <laughs> if, yeah. If we ever get far enough long, maybe we'll ask Melody. <laughs> that's ridiculous. I love you guys, but that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, and Melody and the Heaving Bosoms is actually how... Um, not only Sabrina and I, but Chris and I found out that we all love romance novels together. Um, I didn't realize that they both liked romance novels. And I was like, hey, if you guys want to like book wrecks, here's a <laughs> podcast. And then we bonded. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I love that so, 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 so much. Bringing people together. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's also how we found Haley. It so is. Yeah. And like, what a Crazy. unicorn she is! <laughs> magical, right. she's a magical woman. <laughs> yeah, truly. So, Melody, what yes, is ma'am. your? Obviously, you're the co-host of Heaving Bosoms, but what yeah. would you classify your relationship to romance novels as? Um, an obsession, a passion, Wonderful. a <laughs> defining characteristic. I don't know. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Yes. All of those things. That's the energy I'm bringing to the table. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I We're gonna defining m- characteristic is I'm now realizing I'm all like, oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Ding ding ding. Pillar of personality. <laughs> One of the yeah. many or few, yeah. I guess, depending on <laughs> the day. Yeah. And can you tell us what your gateway to romance was? Okay, I've been thinking about this all day, and I think I think I've talked about it on Heaving Bosoms before, but I'm not sure. My very very first romance, I got I tricked my mom into buying it for me at a Christian bookstore. She was like, "Would you like a platter of Jesus?" And I said, "If there's maybe kissing, then okay." (laughs) And so it's this series that's based on that. There's this poem that's like, Monday's child is fair of face, Tuesday's child is full of mm-hmm. grace, and it goes all the way yes. through, you know, somebody's full of woe. Uh, it's a whole thing, right? So apparently there are seven books by Linda Chaikin, and the very first romance I ever read was Monday's Child. And all I super remember about it is that it probably took place in Switzerland, and she is a model, fair of face. I think he's some sort of like law enforcement or a spy Ooh. question mark. There's like there's like a Nazi history that they've got to figure out. <laughs> there's like there's like walking paths through some woods that I vaguely recall. And then there's like a very chaste kiss at the end. But yes. quite a bit of tension for an eleven year old melody. Up until that point, you know, will they, won't they all the way through? I didn't know about (laughs) HEAs at that point. (laughs) 
<laughs> I am trying to figure out how a model is involved with this like history, like debunking thing. Like, at so the I'm same pretty time, sure but... it's her family. Ooh. I'm pretty sure she's like Swiss and like maybe they hid some Nazi stuff. I don't know. I don't know. It's not great though. If if yeah, memory sure. serves, but like the Lord redeems, I guess at the end. I, yeah, she's trying <laughs> some to things count you can't come me. back from. But you know, it's it's way post World War II, so you know, yeah, yeah. What I I love that she somehow like got in there with it. I'm like, yeah, all right, well. Yeah, and then I sort of fell off romance for a while just because, you know, life and school and all the business. And then I was on my speech team at JMU, and one of my favorite team members, his name is David, and he's one of the best people that's ever been on the planet. And he pestered me. And, like, cajoled me and bothered me until I finally agreed to read his copy of Twilight. Yes. Yes. (laughs) David, I'll love you forever. Not just for that. Um, So that's a great reason in and of itself. Truly. Truly. And, like, and he's an adorable, he's also very religious. And so it kind of felt like it was a weird wreck you know to come out Mm -hmm. of David Mm -hmm. but it was great it was great stuff you know I I didn't become a twy hard but I definitely devoured those books pretty hard yeah 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 Yeah. as every person in the mid-2000s did was Mm -hmm. just like yeah (laughs) this is everything I've ever needed yeah absolutely (laughs) and then you know into my adulthood I was like oh no this is all that should be read really Mm -hmm. Yes. Every once in a while, I'll do a sprinkling of something else. But, like, I love the security of just, like, no, this is going to work out. Yeah, you don't have yeah. to worry about these people too much. I still will. I still mm-hmm. might, like, lose days of my life in the angst <laughs> of two characters or more characters. You know what I mean? But there is that safety net of being, like, nope, they. I made a contract with this author. They made yeah. a contract with me. And, like, mm-hmm. it's going to work out. Yeah, you yes. can allow them to let you feel big feelings because you're going to yes. have that payoff. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I can give you so much of my mental space because you have promised me. Yes. A, a kiss and or and probably more. And, and probably in more. Return. Yeah. And hopefully more. Who knows? <laughs> 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 So what about reading challenges? How, how, what are our feelings for those? Okay. All right. I'm on record, firmly on record. I can't do a challenge. I can't do it for so many reasons. They stress me out. I'm like, why would I add pressure and homework to my life when like I don't have to necessarily? Like there's so much pressure and homework in just every day. I can't. And then like, will I do it or will I forget about it in 30 minutes? And then will I just remember it after I realize I failed? Like it's a whole... Do a challenge, (laughs) and that's one of the reasons that so heaving bosoms does um, a quasi challenge. You know about this, the reading embrace, Mm -hmm. because it's the opposite Mm. of a challenge. If you participate in the heaving bosoms reading embrace, it doesn't matter if you thought about it for three seconds. If you do the whole thing with movies, 
if you just send us an email being like, loved the prompts on the embraced, you will get embraced. There is yeah. a zero pressure situation. <laughs> I love it so much. I uh-huh. love I love listening to the Embrace episodes and hearing everyone's funny reasons for why they chose the books that they chose. Yes. It's it's a really fun not challenge. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and I think that's one of the things that anytime I can get a peek into listeners' brain is always (laughs) like a good day, you know? And so not only do I get recommendations every year from the choices that people make, but the reasons really are my favorite because the prompts in and of themselves don't make any goddamn sense necessarily. <laughs> not a one. No, at not all. a one. They don't need to. People every year, they're like, which episode did this come from? And I'm like, it doesn't matter. This is whatever you want it to mean. So like the way that people rationalize certain choices or the connections that people made, like there was one year when Blair, oh, man, what was the, it was like the prompt was frogs, I think. And then <laughs> mm-hmm. she put, she put Sally Thorne's um, book. Which one is it? The one with the turtle on the cover? And she was like, oh, second impressions. Yeah, second first impressions. She put that book. And her reason was when she looked at frogs, her mind thought turtle. <laughs> and so. <laughs> there you go. That's why there that you book go. fit. And I was like, you're correct, Blair. You're 100% correct on this. <laughs> so, yeah. Em- That's oh, my style embrace. of challenge. <laughs> yes. I love it, it is always the, like, challenge I do on December 30th or 31st. Hell frantically yeah. looking through my reading, cha- like, through my, like, book journal oh and gosh. going. Eh, eh. <laughs> I guess. Sort of. And I always... <laughs> Steal Kristen's homework for the past two years. Oh. I've stolen Kristen's homework. <laughs> nice. And gone, what'd you put? What'd yeah. you put and why? Because then I could maybe figure out my why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. It was so. the best. This year, a listener was, <laughs> it was so cute. The email was riddled with typos. And only 10 of the categories were even filled out. And the reason was because she was frantically trying to do it before she had to get off her train. And I'm just like, this is, you're so embraced. (laughs) Come to the table. You're embraced. Yeah. Completely embraced. Oh my God. I cackled when I read that email. It made me so happy. That's Oh, I love it. (laughs) So we do have a, a, specific book question of who is your current favorite diverse author? Oh, I think y'all know me better than that. I don't do the favorites game very well. Okay. (laughs) Okay. We love diverse author. Yeah. Okay. Favorite diverse author. Oh my God. There are so many though. Okay. Yeah. I made made a bit of a list earlier, so I'll just read you my list. Or at least part of it. I'll only read you part of my list, okay? Okay. So, um, Naima Simone, Nisha Sharma, like, both of them are just, like, it doesn't matter what book I pick up. I know it's going to deliver. Um, Same with Adriana Herrera. Talia Hibbert was one of my favorite, like, like early-ish romance, you know? Like, loves an author that I, like, glommed onto in a way that I never had before. Um... 
Emmy Wardell is a new find because of podcast. He writes MM romance and he is absolutely fantastic. And then Oh. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I was like that sounds so familiar. I'm reading Teacher of the Year right yeah, now. Yeah, that's the one. I have been for like 6 months, but <laughs> There you go. We all go at our own pace, I, Mariana. I opened it, which counts as I'm reading That's it, correct. So, yeah. And then I got caught in something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love Okay, so I'm sort of in a an alien um rabbit hole and you mm. know it's it's a pretty frequent dive that I go into. Elizabeth Stevens is absolutely just like like good on like a maniac level. Like she's so so good and her her world building is insane. Katie um Katie turned me on to her. And then Kimberly Lemming and like oh, in like yeah. the same sort of vein or or like tone of voice um Mia Monique she's like also a newer author i think she has like two titles out right now and uh, gosh alexis daria is always clutch always really really good i guess oh and then a new find for me recently is any davenport they did they wrote the blood trials Oh. oh. Yeah, it's like a it's like a, you know, high fantasy romance mm-hmm. subplot situation. Yeah. Dystopian okay. military school bullshit. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> so I... those are my that's my favorite one. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> I love that the question of names. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. I can't. <laughs> You can't make me. <laughs> Neither can us. Yeah. That's We're going to ask you another one, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How dare you? I thought oh, we were yeah. friends. Okay, go, go. <laughs> what was your favorite book that you've read this year? I have decided that if you ever have me back, I will only come in January. Because <laughs> <laughs> then I can tell you. Yes. My favorite book that I read in one month. <laughs> and I still won't be able to do it. Um, I'm not going to say any of the books that were on Heaving Bosoms because y'all know how I feel about them. A lot of them were like favorite yes. level, you know? Sure. Um, Let me see. My favorite this month, <laughs> this year. Yeah, this year. In my... In my, like, extracurricular reading, I think I have to go... This month, I read the entire, um, what is it called? Is it, like, Outstanding out, Outlandish Concubines? It's not that. It's, like, Otherworldly Concubines series by V.K. Ludwig. I'm going to find it. What? Yeah, it's like an alien rom-com situation. Ooh. And she made me... Oh, I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud. Yes. But I'm going to say it. Yeah, 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 yeah. She, I thought it was an unforgivable premise because the the premise of the first Concubine. book is she goes and buys a slave for her farm. Yeah. That's oh. the whole premise. Is like she doesn't want to, but she's stuck in a rock in a hard place or whatever. And he thinks that she's buying him as a what what his culture calls a psych um and that is essentially like a sex man mm-hmm. who sexes you and like cooks and takes care of your house and like does whatever you need him to do 
And on his world, there are too many men and not enough women. And so they have come up with this situation where like ladies will be like, I have five men who live with me and they all service me sometimes in different ways. It's a whole deal, right? So he thinks that he's there to sex her up real good. She thinks that she's going to like try to make it as nice as possible for him to like help her plow the fields. And like, I'm so sorry this is happening to us. And then he has a growl that makes makes all the human ladies just immediately ovulate ovulate and i mean that literally oh Oh my god (laughs) (laughs) but she just like tries to climb him like a panther sure and then so so it's really interesting oh i don't know how she did it so vk ludwig i think is the same um person as liv zander and so she's talked me into worse before (laughs) you know with king of flesh and bone um and yeah it's like there's something there's something masterful that she does with the power dynamic with this miscommunication Mm -hmm. because he sort of turns it on his head by i don't not like this is going to sound terrible too forcibly seducing her without forcibly doing it you know what I mean Mm. like it's a biological thing that he just like does and then she's like so (laughs) I don't know it's it's amazing like the the next morning he's cooking her breakfast thinking like I'm finally doing my job that I trained myself for and I'm like I've got a purpose now in life and she holds him at shotgun point being like what the fuck did you do what happened Oh, and he's such a sweet angel. He's like, he's so ashamed. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't. Oh, my God. And then they like build their relationship from there. So, yeah, I don't know. That series was wild because when Sabrina brought it up, I was like, no, no, (laughs) that's not going to be good. It's not going to. No. You're not going to change my mind on this. And then God bless America. Yeah. Totally did. So, yeah, I should find out what the series is called. Oh, Vandalar Concubines. The first one, the first two are both on this, like, agricultural planet. And then the third one is on Vandalar with a human woman who goes there. And they're like, we need you to have a harem, please. And she's like, I, oh, turns out I thought that was a good idea, but I'm actually really monogamous. Like, oh, no. <laughs> and <laughs> and then the fourth one is on Earth because one of the guys goes and gets a job at like, I don't know, a place on Earth. And, and then the fifth one is they're like marooned on a planet. Mm-hmm. I'm still actually working my way through the fifth one. So. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So she really yeah. takes some twists and turns. Yeah, I'm going to have to read this. It's I just God, started a book like 30 minutes ago. I really <laughs> should have played. <laughs> I know. I know. <sighs> so yeah, what, what was your question again? <laughs> oh, my favorite read of this yeah. year. That's what it, yeah, yeah, it's that, I think, yeah. probably. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, that sounds really fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and chaotic. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it is our wonderful time 
to get wrecked. It's time. (laughs) All right. So when you sent me this list of prompts, I was like, dig deep, Melody. You can do it. Because we also all know that I have a Swiss cheese memory. (laughs) But I did a minimal amount of prep today. And I think it's going to go great. I think so. Yeah. I believe in you full-heartedly. Two two of these are tropes that, like, I don't really gravitate toward. So the first one you asked me for was hurt comfort. And I know that I've read books with that in it. But all I could think of was some pretty... Well, the first one is, like, a, a legitimately fucked up recommendation for that trope. <laughs> and it. that is King of Flesh and Bone and Queen of Rotten Pain by Liv Zander. And Ooh. it's fucked up because he is the one who always does the hurting. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. So, this one but He always particular. has capital R reasons. Okay. And he always takes right. away the pain immediately, most of the time. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I I feel like I just started seeing hurt comfort referred to as hurt comfort. Okay. With a slash, all one word. Like pretty recently. Like I feel like I only started seeing it in the last three months. Mm. Me personally. Sure, sure, sure. I was wondering what people are thinking when they're asking for that. Because when I hear it, I think of King and Flesh and Bone. Like, okay. you hurt me, then you comfort me. Like a like a pain play kind of thing. Yeah, that's kind but of what I... <sighs> then I've also heard people say like, no, you've been hurt, and so I'm taking care of you. So I don't that's know. How I I'm so it. interested. Well, and I've also heard it used synonymous with like sickbed. Yes. Yes. You know, and so it like it can really go in all kinds of directions. Mm-hmm. My second wreck is on more of the you've been hurt and now I'm comforting you. But it also goes a little sideways in there. <laughs> um, we're reading the Crescent City series for Patreon. Mm-hmm. We're doing like multiple episodes on each book. And House of Earth and Blood, the first one by Sarah J. Moss, has some hurt comfort elements. So if you don't want to be spoiled for a book that came out, I don't know, five years ago, (laughs) I guess skip forward. Um, But one of the scenes is she's having like basically a medical procedure without any sort of anesthesia. And so he's like talking her through it while it's happening. That's part of it. And this is when he, like, he bears all about, like, you know, history that he thinks she doesn't know about and, like, what he was thinking the first time he saw her and, like, how his thoughts have changed and, like, how he's always known her. And so it's this, she is legitimately, like, having something pulled out of her leg without any kind of anesthesia. She's just Mm -hmm. getting, like, chopped to the bone. And he is basically coaching her through it with with love and it's the first time that they sort of peck and it's beautiful is Mm -hmm. what it is and then right after that he takes her back to her house and like he's ready to just like put her on the couch and snuggle her all day and spoon feed her ice cream and like make it work 
But this is where it kind of goes sideways. They get called into a different meeting and then he gets hurt. He's an angel and he gets his wings cut off. Spoiler alert. So then she is like not only defending him while that's happening and then like, you know, holding on to him afterward and she takes him home and she gets him medical attention and like she's, you know, she's doing all of that. But then before his wings are like super healed, um, he does do kind of like a transformative finger bang on her Mm -hmm. and she writhes so much she doesn't realize that she's pushing his wing stumps like into the back of her couch. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, And he's groaning in pain, not in pleasure. (laughs) But it's still like a... (laughs) He's fine with it. He's like, play through the pain. We can keep going. And she's like, no, you insane person. We're getting you medical attention. What the fuck, dude? You got to stop. Jesus. Don't make me feel guilty about the best orgasm I've had in years. Yeah. So anyway, that's my next hurt comfort recommendation. It's a good one. (laughs) It's a very good one. I'm just realizing how much of that book I've forgotten, though. Right? Some of that was brand new material for me. They're jam-packed. I'll You're tell right. you. They are jam-packed. So full. Yeah. And then, I think that's I, my only, I think that's all I have on my list. Yeah. yeah. That's perfect. But then, like, I, you know, there are sickbed scenes that are totally great. Like in, um, in, oh, no, what's the one where her dad dies and he... Rose the funeral. I feel like it's a Lisa Kleypas one, but it might not be. Yes, it is Devil in Winter. Is it Devil in Winter? I think so. St. Vincent does. He throws the, he organizes No, he just gets shot. That's all. Which like hurt comfort. Totally. Like, yeah, there's definitely a hurt comfort sick bed scene, but no, there's a, is it Evie? I think it's Evie. It is Evie. I think it's Evie Jenner. Yes, it is. That's it the is. one. That? Whichever Lisa Kleypas book, Evie Jenner is the heroine of. There's a really good sick hurt comfort situation there, too, I, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Anyway. Yes, I cannot figure out what book she's in. Anyways. Sorry, <laughs> we'll have it in the show notes. Oh, great, great. We'll have it in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll look it up later. <laughs> but yeah, Devil in Winter also has some pretty good sick bed stuff. After he does Lisa get Kleypas. shot. Does really good hurt comfort. Mm-hmm. 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 Plus, that book has like a billiard hurt. table finger bang. I think. Yes, it does. It really yes, serves it all levels. Uh, my so favorite good. part of that book is the foot warmers. So, I mean, yeah, of course, <laughs> the heated yeah. bricks. Yes, of course. So comforting. Saint Vincent would oh. always. <laughs> he would. He would always. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The next prompt that you sent me was tattooed main character. We just read for Heaving Bosoms. I think it might come out this week. Yeah, I think it was supposed to come out today and didn't, but will come out tonight. Um, That is His Pretend Baby by Theodora Taylor. It's a book that I've been trying to read for for the podcast for a very long time. And I finally like just yoinked, I just pigeonholed it. No, not pigeonholed it. I pushed it right on the reading list. Mm-hmm. And in that book, he is a robotics 
billionaire man. He's a tech boy. And he, he and he's on the spectrum. And so that's like a pretty big part of the overall plot. Um, but he's always very, very buttoned up. And one of the reasons this hit me so hard is because the heroine is also very tattooed. And when she is at a Thanksgiving with not the hero, read the book. It's really good. Yeah, I'm like, (laughs) yeah. When she's at Thanksgiving with not the hero, she's asked to like keep her tattoos covered because he has a very like conservative Catholic family. And she accidentally takes off, you know, her, she gets hot and she's stressed and she's like, here I go. And so the parents see her like tattoo on the back of her neck and, you know, other stuff. Meanwhile, the hero, his name is Go, and he's always like very buttoned up, like, you know, almost, almost like turtleneck all the time kind of guy. But it's really Mm. like hoodies and blazers and shit like that. And the very first night that they are married. (laughs) Okay. Love that. (laughs) She's never seen his body before. And he comes out of a bath and like on every surface he normally covers, uh, he's covered in like techie circuit board wire tattoos. I love this. I love this it's, so fucking much. It's so hot. Like I'm I'm getting a little goosebumpy at the yeah. moment, like thinking about it. Yeah. And so he's just like tattooed all over the place and it's all like robotics and tech themed. Mm -hmm. Like he's covered in his passion, you know, because like that's been his almost lifelong obsession. Oh, it's so good. And he says, so also she's got a lot of piercings. Um, She's very like alt, you know, punk goth Mm. kind of look. And at one point he, he says something to the effect of, do you know what it does to me to see a tough, um, like, badass girl like you fall apart on my geek dick? <laughs> and I'm just like, I Sir. can't. I can't with you. I can't with Theodora Taylor. I can't. <laughs> it's too much. It's too much. Miss Ma'am. Truly. Oh, I, I love it. Truly. Oh. So oh that is God. that is definitely a most recent tattoo wreck. And then I have another one that I like it just lives rent free in my brain because this is an alien series. So it would be it's like the Clicanian series by Victoria Aveline and her um the book I'm talking about is, I think, the most recent one that's come out, Ruling Sixth End. And it is, so she's on this alien planet, and we get to learn about, like, you know, alternate technologies. And this particular city that she's living in is known for their tattoos. And it's kind of, like, looked down on by the rest of the sort of world. Um but it's really, really cool because they're adjustable tattoos. It's like oh, wow. it's like a magnetic dye. And so the process, they don't draw on you. The process is they they will like inject a metric fuck ton of this like magnetic ink. And then they use magnets to pull the ink where they want it 
on the piece of artwork. Oh, so that's that so means, cool. Right? <laughs> and so that means that you can, well, I'll just show you the cover really quick. You're going to love that. Oh, but yes. you can you can alternate your tattoos as much as you want. And she is, she's an artist. And part of her backstory is that when she was brought to Clicania when she was um, abducted by baddies. She, they put her in like a med tube that healed everything. But the med tube identified all of her tattoos that she designed all of them. They were like, they were like a huge part of her personal expression it identified that as a foreign substance that needed to be healed. So not oh, only no. does she wake up on this alien planet with like winged dudes around her for no mm. kind of reason she can <laughs> think about, but she doesn't even look like herself anymore because like yeah. she was covered oh, in tattoos no. and now they're gone. And so it's like, it's like this mind fuck on top of a mind fuck that she's mm-hmm. been having to navigate on her own. And then, and like none of the other women really understand it. You know what I mean? Like they don't understand the loss of agency and like the violation that that specific act was for her. Mm, yeah. And then she ends up in this city where you can tattoo yourself however you want and you can, you know, you can change it up if you want. Oh. So, she also designs all of her own tattoos now, and it's it's such a good book. Um, and she and the hero bond over this tattooing process, mm-hmm. and it's just incredible. So I love ruling. this. I'm very worried if anyone needs an MRI, but otherwise, <laughs> it sounds awesome. It's alien right? technology. <laughs> you're right. It's you're funny right. <laughs> because there's a moment when the hero. Get ready for this. <laughs> All of those are his tattoos. Ooh, fun. Can you see okay. it? I don't know. I, Look can't, it I can't really see it. You can I'm see going his entire that. back is just like covered. Ooh, nice. And so there's like a moment where she goes to, she because she doesn't want to get healed for anything anymore. And he takes her out on like a flight where her back gets hurt or something happens. She falls down and her back gets hurt. He notices that she's obviously in pain and he doesn't understand why she refuses to go to the doctor. And so it's this thing that ends up being part of their dynamic. He'll like see something and not really figure out what's going on, but then be like, I bet I could just show her it's safe. And so he takes her to the doctor and he's like, I, I had a sparring situation yesterday. So I just want you to look at this bruise over here. And the doctor's like, okay, like that's not a thing we normally do. Yeah. <laughs> and he gets into the med tube and gets out and she's like, why are his tattoos still there? And the doctor explains that you can like, you can set it to different levels. You can <sighs> say, we've identified all these problems, but like, don't go deeper than this. Yeah. And then you can oh. keep your tattoos. But also you can get them back really easily. It's painful, but like, it's fine. Yeah. So anyway, oh it, it was such a huge part of the plot and it's become a comfort read for me for yeah. reasons I can't super identify even. It's just a really good book. Yeah. Sometimes they're like that where you're just like, I don't know why this yeah. has me so much, but it does. It's yeah. Like, mm, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Also, okay. 
that method of tattooing is like everything my husband has ever wanted. Really? He like wanted the like magnetic finger thing. He he's like I'd get tattooed. He's he has tattoos, but he's like, I'd get more if I could change them and like, <gasps> do all of this. Yeah, yeah, And I'm yeah. like, this is his dream. We have to find this alien planet. Truly. <laughs> I would love to find this alien planet. You let me know if your research works out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, and then, and the tattoos even come into play in like the climactic conflict. And I don't want to give anything away because it's so powerful, but like it's even part of like the conflict and resolution. It, it, oh, okay. It's such a good book. That's okay. one of my favorite series recently as well. But I didn't read them this month. So. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't tell you about it. All right. The next one that you asked me for was pegging. Mm-hmm. Got two yes. wrecks. Yes. Both of them live rent-free in my brain. Mm-hmm. The first one is Zenny by Rebecca Weatherspoon. I feel like I it's just one. Wrecked that. It is. <laughs> it is such a good book, top to bottom. Ugh. Such a good book, but I really like it because it's it, like the pegging specifically is done in a way that I don't see very often. Yes. Um, yes. So a lot of times, and and one of the things I like about pegging as a trope is it can become such a metaphor for power dynamics. And, you know, just exploration and all the business. Vulnerability from characters who don't necessarily make themselves vulnerable. And a lot of times it's like, you know, the standard sort of doggy position is what I'm used to seeing. But Mm -hmm. Zenny, on the other hand, he's a little bit worried about telling her that he is interested in this sexual play. But she gets him comfortable enough to be like, I'll try a lot of things once. Like, you know, just let me know. And so he asks her to do this. And she says, absolutely. I just need you to know that I've never done it before. And between that and their size difference, because she's much smaller than he is, they they come up with this initial position of him straddling her while she's like lying down so he can Mm -hmm. still control the entire act and you know and she can get the feel for it right he can sort of like coach her in what he likes and I just I loved it and then you know she sort of ends up topping from the bottom anyway (laughs) it's so good yeah it's so good it's such a good book yeah it's such a good book (laughs) yeah and I I love Rebecca Weatherspoon overall. I can't believe she wasn't one of my, the one of the favorite diverse authors. I'm a little bit mad at myself. One of the you know one of the <laughs> one magic. that I gave you. Yeah. Since you asked for my one favorite. <laughs> and but I just I love the way she handled it specifically because it it came out a few years ago, mm. and I think it was when you know we still don't really see a ton of pegging in like. Um, not, I don't know, in like romance that is sold in stores. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, the, the bigger romance authors a lot of times don't, don't include pegging. And I loved that one because she handled it so beautifully by making sure it wasn't a commentary on his masculinity at all. Mm-hmm. And it was just really well handled. So that's mm-hmm. my first one. Uh, what's your 
God, no, you're stuck. Wait, why did you wreck it already, Mariana? What was the prompt um, for? Was it for pegging? Mm -hmm. Someone asked for pegging. Nice. And so I was like, let me just, I feel like she'll have more for us. So (laughs) Absolutely. I was like, I I know Melody will have more for us. So (laughs) I have one more that lives rent-free in my brain. And that is Learn My Lesson by Katie Robert. Ooh. Yes. That is part of her Wicked Villain series. And it is Megara, Hercules, and Hades. And so Megara and Hades have already been in like a long-term relationship, but it's sort of like a marriage in trouble trope. And then Sunshiny Hercules comes in and completely becomes the bridge between them. And the scene that lives rent-free in my head is when he becomes, like, a literal bridge between them. It's one of the first (laughs) times that they're both doming him. Nice. And so Hades is, like, sitting in a throne, as Hades must, I think. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's in his contract. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so Meg is... If I remember correctly, the way it goes in my head is like she's almost like coaxing him or coaching him on the blowjob that he's giving to Hades. And Hades is obviously participating, too. But Mm -hmm. then Meg comes in from behind and pegs Hercules while he's going down on Hades. And it becomes this game of like, you're Hercules, you're not allowed to come and you're not allowed to like speed up. Until, so she like controls the blowjob with the pegging. Oh my God. And like Hercules isn't allowed to come until Hades comes. And it's like, it's just, it's masterful. (laughs) It's dominoes and I love it. It's absolutely, yeah, it's absolutely masterful. I totally, totally (sighs) love it. I love that. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) And then, all right. The next one you asked me for was Green with Envy. Oh, no, I just had one. I knew I should have written it down. But the two I have are, (laughs) I think they're perfect, frankly, even though I'm not usually into a jealous hero or heroine. I'm not really into jealousy regardless. I'm always like, Mm -hmm. do we have to do this right now? Same. However, they're both... Finley Fen Orc books. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> In which most of the heroes are actually green. <laughs> the first one is The Librarian and the Orc. And that was an interesting reading experience for me because while it's an incredible book and I really, really liked it, I hated that hero. For a good 85% of it. (laughs) Oh, I was just like, why are you like this? Like, use your fucking words. Stop. Like, just tell her you like her. God damn it. You can Mm. see that she's, like, questioning herself and you're not helping her fix that. How dare you? And that all sounds very negative, but it's a really good book. And... (laughs) So she is a librarian in, like, the human town that's, like, an hour's walk away from Orc Mountain, or Splash Mountain, as I like to call it. (laughs) (laughs) And when, and so she has this, like, benefactor, 
who is just a toad. He's like a really good-looking, charming, rich toad. And he's taking advantage of every single woman in his life. And one of those women is the heroine who, I guess, if I remember correctly, he met her when she was a teenager and has sort of like become her mentor slash um, he makes her his like sexual plaything, Mm -hmm. and he gives her a job as librarian in town and he keeps on dangling in front of her the possibility of becoming an actual academic and like actually going to the college in town by being Mm -hmm. like one more project for me will you like and then and then I'll be able to justify your lady existence at the college Mm -hmm. um and the and so the reason that she even approaches this random orc who she finds reading in one of the side rooms one day (laughs) instead of be just you know freaking out and screeching and running out of the room is because this benefactor has tasked her with finding out some salacious, awful thing about orcs that they can use as a new, like, piece in the propaganda machine mm-hmm. to, like, oh. rile up, you know, the townsfolk or whatever. And the hero, like, kind of knows it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And... I don't know. It's really interesting because he spends the entire time trying to talk himself out of his feelings for her. And one of the biggest reasons is like, she's with that man. Like that man is the one that controls her, that she's been infatuated with, that that she smells of. She smells of that wretched man. And like scent is a huge thing in the orc books. He's just super jealous the whole time and doing his best to get just replace that scent, you know, <laughs> in every orifice he possibly can. Rubbing it in. Doing, yeah, yeah. Ugh. Just doing dirty sex all over the place. It's great. Yeah, it's like doing the Lord's work. But I was like, I don't know. Yeah, he's also no. really mad at himself for like succumbing to her not even advances. <laughs> Just for for being interested in her. Yeah. (laughs) And then the other one. Yeah. The other one is um, sort of similar. And that is Eris and the Orc. I think it actually comes before Librarian. That one I loved start to finish. Um, She is an Eris who is engaged to, you know, one of those toady men. It's just all the men are terrible. All the orcs are great, and that's just the lay of the land, everybody, (laughs) Mm -hmm. okay? So she is engaged to this guy that she doesn't really even know, and she ends up up at her engagement party seeing him stuffing another lady in Mm. a side room, like in Mm -hmm. the library of her mansion. He's over there just having an affair right under her nose. So she goes dramatically running into the night and she ends up in like like a little a little cottage thing that they have on the edge of their property. But there's a there's a giant orc there. There's a giant orc man. He's lumbering and he's huge and then she realizes that this is the grown version of her childhood best friend 
who disappeared at some point. Oh. Nobody knew that they were friends. He's fucking pissed because in his mind, they've been engaged since they were teenagers. Okay. (laughs) Is he coming to claim his bride? Yeah. books are so angsty but they're so good and they're so fucking bonkers Mm. it's insane i love them um this is me just right now you gotta click click it hard don't delay yeah so he's there and and also and he's like really mad because he's like you're a you're a different person when we were friends you we would ramble about the woods like you were in pants and we would adventure together and it was a whole thing and since then her family's come into money and the only like her father's dying wish for her was to like marry a man of standing and if she doesn't marry a man of standing then she loses her entire everything he built she doesn't get the house. She doesn't get the, like, she loses her entire fortune if she does not marry Ugh. a man of standing. And but he stands tall. He's a tall man. He stands so tall. Count. All I'm going to say is they fix it. <laughs> okay. It's great. It's super, I mean, she could have chosen whatever, but. No, no, she totally. Tall. I mean, and that's the thing, right? Like, part of the, part of the deal, at least in my memory, is that like she it's it's one of the choices she has to make because she mm-hmm. did sort of like deify her father so much she's sure. like this was his dying wish i i need to do this for him um anyway and so he's like now you just wear frilly dresses and you have no calluses on your hands and like you can't run anywhere and you're very weak and i don't understand <laughs> Like, why, why don't you eat more? God damn it. And she's like, oh, that's fine. That's not how ladies, you know, maintain their cachet in society. Okay. I have to be worth something as a lady. You got to be able to climb up this mountain. You got to just get your, get your ropes, girl. Climb up. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's really, really good. Yeah. Ugh. So those are my two for green with envy. I had another one. Damn it. All right. I can't remember. It'll hit you at midnight. It will. Mm -hmm. We'll put it in the show notes. (laughs) Send it along. Don't worry. Perfect. All right. I have a few for found family. And I would say that not all of them are like a straight line to that trope. (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. But, okay, so one of them is one of those VK Ludwig books. Okay. And I am going to spoil the HEA, but it's only because even Sabrina saw what was happening. So, like, it's oh. so obvious. You know what I mean? Like, both Sabrina and I were like, this is obviously <laughs> going to be the solution to this HEA. I don't know where this angst is coming from. So, like, if both of us can be a Sherlock Holmes <laughs> about it, like, everyone can. All right. So it's called Turn Left for Stars. It's the one where that that human lady goes to Vandalar to be like, maybe I could have an estate. Because this planet is so thirsty for ladies to, like, support 
a, a you know a group of dudes that they just give them estates if they agree to have more than one male. I guess is how they would put it in alien mm-hmm. terms. Sure. So she goes there, and they're like, "You need to pick a minimum of three. And she's like, "Okay, but if I have to do that, then I want to hang out with in the school." I, I want to do some recon before you make me make this incredibly serious decision. So yeah. she's hanging out at this school and there's this, you know, there's just this guy who's having a, he's having a tough time. Boy, is he a bad student. He's so bad at, at getting those orgasms out of, you know, different folks. And it's so he approaches her because they have to take now that this whole like human treaty situation is happening. They have to take human sexuality and like human anatomy and stuff. And so he's like, I would like to practice with you and your clitoris because mm-hmm. our females don't have clitori. And they like they put together this whole um the and and it's has to be totally secret because I think it's like technically cheating at school. I don't think you're supposed to have like sexy times with other people when you're at psych school. And so she and then and then in return for her training him on the oral and the everything else, he will give her the down and dirty on his classmates. He'll give her like the real details that are Mm -hmm. happening about different dudes in his class so that she can make an actually informed decision because Mm -hmm. these poor dudes, they scuttle like cockroaches when she's around. Like he, they just can't, they're so intimidated (laughs) by this human woman. And some of them are really, really freaked out about her body. Cause like she doesn't have a tail, you know, like how are they supposed to fuck somebody who doesn't have a tail? How, how big are these aliens? Um, they're like, you know, they're, they're standard alien romance size. They, they, they're like seven feet tall. They've also got horns. Yeah, they're like purple. Got a tail. <laughs> um, and <laughs> the instructor for human anatomy makes the mistake. The mistake. Because apparently this this alien culture is a little bit homophobic. Um, they make the mistake of telling them that the clitoris is like a mini phallus. <laughs> and so they're all like... <laughs> And they have penises? Like, I don't, I don't understand. I, don't, I haven't been trained to deal with a penis. I've only been trained to do female anatomy. Um, so, anyway. The idea that, <laughs> like, a society where mm-hmm. there's too many men is mm-hmm. homophobic is... <laughs> The most bonkers thing you've said tonight. Well, so it's funny because, again, she puts these wrinkles in these these things that I would normally, like, be aghast Mm -hmm. about, right? Because one of the biggest subplots in this book is two of the guys in their class are in love. And everybody knows they've been a couple forever. Everybody's fine with it. But one of the only, like, good jobs you can get is fucking ladies with a group of other dudes. So they're both in this school to figure out how to please and serve ladies. And they're really, really worried. They're worried the entire book that they're going to be contracted out to different women who are far away from each other. And those women require absolute loyalty. 
So like, it's this terrifying and heartbreaking thing. On the one hand, we see a first chapter where some of the people are like, cannot with the penis. And then the next chapter where they're like, oh, yeah, they're a couple. It's, it, aren't they cute? <laughs> same same people. Yeah, same yeah, alien yeah. dudes. Yeah. So I don't know. It's really interesting. Anyway, I am recommending this for a found family mm-hmm. because the... The mentee and the heroine do fall in love hard. Mm-hmm. And they fall in love so hard that, like, both of them want to be monogamous. But she can't be. She's not allowed to be. She has to have two other dudes, period, the end. Or, like, she doesn't get the estate. She needs to, she needs to leave. And if she leaves, he, like, has to give up his entire very specific ultimate fighting alien-style career. Because they don't have that kind of fighting on any other planet, right? So, like, Mm. if she leaves, he would want to go with her. But then what does he do? How does he support himself? What You know, he's trained his whole life to do this thing. Anyway. So they're at an absolute impasse, aren't they, folks? No, they're not. They can't. There's no way to fix it, they say. (laughs) No way. Absolutely no way. How? How could they do it? How is she going to get two more, more dudes and then deprive them of the privilege of having <laughs> sex with a lady. All of them want to. None of them get to because there's no ladies around. That's why they're here. So, like, mm-hmm. you can't ask uh, uh, one of these dudes to be like, you can totally live with me and make me blueberry pancakes, but, like, I am off the table mm-hmm. for you. And so Sabrina and I, the whole book, are like, hey, <laughs> There's that, there's that couple of boys that really want to live together. I don't understand. And so that's finally what ends up happening. She asks them to be part of her household, I think they call it. And so they get to do all of the things that fulfill them in school, like care for her and, you know, like really nurture the family unit Mm-hmm. while getting to be with the romantic partner that they want. <laughs> and then she gets to be with the romantic partner they sh- she wants. And, like, everybody's a big found family at the end. I love it. I oh! love it so that's, much. That's a perfect definition of found family. Thank yes, you. Absolutely. Okay. I, thank oh, you. I agree. Oh, very good. Very good. Yeah. Boy, I like that book a lot. But the whole time I was like, y'all. <laughs> it's right together. there just think outside the box a tiny think inside the box even i don't care just think in this Look direction damn yeah okay and then recently i did read the twisted series by anna huang and that is very found family in that like all of the gals they meet in college and then oh. Even though, like, one of them is a literal queen of a tiny country nobody's ever heard of. (laughs) And, you know, they all go in these very, very separate directions. But they stay, like, so, so bonded in a way Mm. that I find incredibly inspiring. So. I love that. Yeah. It is like a four-book commitment if you really want the whole shebang. (laughs) But I don't think that you're going to be upset at the end. Yeah. 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 Ugh. Yeah. So love that I just I really women. loved their their friendship as a base for the series. And mm-hmm. then 
it turns out that like, you know, they end up with like brothers and friends and, you know, so everybody becomes very enmeshed and interconnected, even though on paper, you're like, what is that doctor doing hanging out with that billionaire? I don't understand. One of them doesn't smile. One of them always wants to play board games and be the center of attention. (laughs) But it's because they're just like, oh, it's so good. Okay. My next one for found family is Haunted Hookup by Eliza McLean. And this is not a straight line to found family, but okay. I it I loved it so much that I had to include it. So this is like a spooky times Halloween book. And I think it's a found family book because the whole premise is that the the heroine has been like mildly obsessed with this house, this sort of like haunted house forever. And she's become like almost a, a scholar and historian about it. And because of that, before the novel starts, she has she has initiated this like pen pal relationship with the owner of the mansion. And the owner is like an older man in his like 60s and then they, as they start like trusting each other more, They decide to invite her to the house and because he and his husband live there together. And so they're like trying to renovate the house and turn it into like sort of a destination so that they can keep the house up without being gazillionaires. And she's helping with that by like doing tours and like explaining the history of the house and all that kind of thing. And it's really gorgeous. Because throughout the novel, they, like, check in with her. They check in with the hero to be, like, like quasi, what are your intentions? You know, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm adorable and non-threatening completely, but what are your intentions, though? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Like, one of the reasons that they, they ha- are having a hard time with it is that those two, like, really want, want to travel together and do all that kind of thing, but they can't really with this house. And the heroine spends a lot of time thinking about like, you know, how to, how to help them with that. I don't know. Their relationship is really beautiful and it's such a minute part of the book, but the way, the way that they care for each other Mm. in those, like in between the romance moments were, was really touching to me. Yeah. And the romance is I... great. <laughs> is the romance with a ghost in the house? No. No. Okay. But the ghost is a was. character. A ghost okay. is like oh, almost a, a main character. Okay. I but don't no. know why, but I thought that was the plot. <laughs> so, I, I mean, mean it's, it a, it's called Haunted, haunted Hookup. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, so it's one of those things like, you know, when you look at a book, like I feel like Nisha Sharma books do this a lot. Where you look at the cover and you're like, oh, my God, that looks like such a cute book. And then, like, people Mm. are tying each other up in the inside and, like, you know, just really getting down. Um, (laughs) Yes. Yes. So in a similar way, I feel like the title and the cover of Haunted Hookup don't quite do service to, like, what the meat of the book actually is. (laughs) You know? Good to know. Yeah, because it's it's fairly angsty. The the romance is between the heroine 
who like is obsessed with this ghost who definitely lives in this house and a journalist who is going undercover, maybe not undercover, but he's there like basically as a skeptic to do a hit piece and be like, ghosts aren't real. Nobody could prove otherwise. But he's wrong. Yeah. And she's like, bet. <laughs> yeah. She's like, do you want to see some supernatural shit? Hold my beer. <laughs> do you want to see this ghost? Yeah. Like right yeah. here. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Okay. And then my last one for found family. <laughs> I can't help it. Ruby Dixon has started the Ice Planet Clones series, okay? Yes. And I don't know what is more found family than just a shit ton of abandoned clones <laughs> left on a planet where they have to support each other or die. Yes. <laughs> Truly. And, Truly. Yeah. And in... um. So the book specifically I'm recommending is Rajal's Resonance. It's book one in the series. I don't think any more have come out. No, Surviving maybe one. Scar is out. Yeah, Surviving Scar is yet. out. I have read it, in fact. What is my problem? <laughs> um, but so even more on the found family train is that Rajal and I forget the heroine's name end up kidnapped by like a whole other arm of ancestors who have been on the planet this entire time, except deep in the underground. Mm-hmm. And so you There's mole people? There's there <laughs> There's are mole, mole people. people, Mariana. Okay. Yeah. But they're sexy though. Oh, oh I yeah. do okay. believe okay. I do believe they oh, have yeah. forearms. I think they might be part of those forearm, you know, yeah, lineage. Like, yeah. They kind of sure? remind me of like if you take the three tribes from yeah. home, Ice Home mm-hmm. and like mash them all together into one alien, yep. that's what mm-hmm. they look like. So they've got mm-hmm. tall horns. Well, they might not have tall horns, but they definitely have more fur and yes. forearms. Yes. Yeah. So they're sort of like the cat tribe and the forearm tribe, the strong arm tribe. Pardon me. I'm so sorry, mm-hmm. everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dixonites. I'm very sorry. Yeah. And so it's so it's so good because um, part of those mole people, a couple of them splinter off to be like, we're going to help you escape. Oh, and then they become part of the Ice Home clone tribe. Yeah. Yeah. All right. There you go. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. I should. I'm still stuck on the mole people. I'm so sorry. We're all I, stuck on the mole people, Mariana. Yeah, I'm We're all like, stuck I there. shouldn't be surprised by it, but I am. You've reminded so. me about them, and now I'm like, shoot, I need to go read Surviving mm-hmm. Scar. See what they're up <laughs> okay. to. Okay, I will say, I think one of the reasons I forgot that Surviving Scar was part of it is because there aren't really mole people. That tracks. Involved. It must be. Is it concurrent? Probably it to Arjal's residence. Yep. It's it's roughly concurrent, and it's like mm-hmm. sort of a road trip between sure. where they are and getting to the village. Yeah, yeah, that tracks. Yeah, Man. and the hero is a splice, a splice gladiator. Yeah. So Hot. he just wants to win everything, including <laughs> her heart, but he doesn't understand why him being like I'm the best at everything is not sexy to her. <laughs> learns you know yeah. he gets he some gets learning there. on him yeah <laughs> that cooey probably helps but you know yeah 
the cooey and its insistence that they bang, I do believe is an aid to their romance. <laughs> yeah. Just yep. slightly. Just a little bit. Yeah. Okay. These so those are my wrecks. Incredible wrecks. You have unsurprisingly derailed my TBR. <laughs> um, I was gonna say I'm these so glad episodes for. are dangerous. I don't know how y'all do them on a regular basis. I... It's so hard. I've given I... up on a TBR. <laughs> I put 60 titles into like one of those random like wheelie things on that oh, you can yeah. do for free on the internet. 60 titles. I spun it like 20 times and I still did not decide on what book to read. <laughs> it was like pick one and I was like, oh wait, no, not that one. Not and that I one though. Spin it again. Not that one. Oh my gosh. Kristen, that uh, is not the point of the exercise. You're right. You're it's so supposed right. to take control out of your hands. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, absolutely not. I will not yeah. relinquish that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm on a current fifth time reread for Rachel Reed's Game Changer series. So Ooh. yeah, as much as I say, like wrecked my TBR, I'd already self-wrecked it just. Yeah. So now it's a free for all. Just yeah. how my brain goes. <laughs> yeah. We just did two episodes of Heaving Bosoms that have completely derailed all of my plans because mm-hmm. now all I want to read is Theodora Taylor and Serena Bowen. <laughs> yes. That's all I want to read. Mm, Serena Bowen. Mm-hmm. My sweet little baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love her. Yeah, we just read um, Hard Hitter. Yeah. And now all I want to read is more of those bruisers. I was going to say, is that Leo's book? Yes, I think or so. Or is he Rookie Move? I don't know. No, He's Leo is move. Rookie Move. Yeah, yes. that is Hard the Captain hitter. Patrick O'Doul's book. Oh, with the, and the yoga, yoga instructor and massage therapist. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Mm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And then like crime times randomly. <laughs> yeah. So random. Action crime times. I. It's she fine. just slides in crime. It's. I yeah. Yeah. She do it. It's yeah. wild. It's a true north. And now oh. all I want to learn about is why Lauren is such a bitch. And that's book three. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, like, that super yeah. fuck-up goalie, I love a fuck-up with a heart of gold. Mm-hmm. I love a like, goalie. He has, he has so many good intentions, I'm sure of it. But he just can never yeah. make it happen. Oh, no. They he needs Lauren. Me. She's the execution, I think, of the, of the couple. Such a good yeah, goal. she's going to, like, hmm, straighten them into shape. Ugh, so good. So good. Yeah. These have been wonderful wrecks. Where can we find more of you? I mean, you can hear hours of this voice <laughs> over on Heaving Bosoms podcast. We are on Instagram at Heaving Bosoms. We're on TikTok, sort of at Heaving underscore Bosoms. But please go follow us on TikTok. I promise there will be content at some point. Just go follow us. And uh, let's see. We have a Facebook group, the Heaving Bosoms Geriatric Friendship Cult. And Highly I recommend. Think, yeah. Yes. I think that's pretty much it. <laughs> Yeah. Wonderful. Oh, and then um, you should also go and follow the Kickstarter page for the Black Rose auction. Mm, oh, yes. yes. Go and do yes. that. Yeah. I'm not um I'm not a part like officially a part of the project for this one, but I 
I've seen a lot of the behind the scenes and everybody <laughs> should go follow it so that you don't miss <sighs> out on the campaign. Okay. I love an auction book, so yes. I mean, yeah. Katie wrote mm-hmm. a stalker book for it. <gasps> and it's part of her Wicked Villains like next generation. It's like Rose oh, Red no. and mm-hmm. her stalker. He wears a skull mask. Y'all. I can't. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. Big wreck. Yeah. Definitely. Um, well, Chris Thank and you for I was going to do on. that. Yeah, I was going to do where you can find all of us, but I don't remember them. So, hey, Kristen, where can you find us? <laughs> oh, hey, there you go. <laughs> you, you can find us on Instagram at the Busy Romnivores or Storygraph, also at the Busy Romnivores. Um, you know, we have a website, thebusyromnivores.com. We have an email address at gmail.com. You know, reach out. We would love some more prompts. Um, yeah. We're, we're running low, you guys. <laughs> so if you have any ideas of kind of the kind of books that you want us to talk about, mm. um, let us know. You know what? Yeah. I'm going to give you permission right now, both Ooh. of you. If you want to take any of the prompts from the Heaving Bosoms Reading Embrace, you are <sighs> free to. <laughs> Thank you so done much. Done and done, ma'am. Yeah, you're done. welcome. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> None of them make a lick of sense, but you are free to. I, love I it. hope that helps. Whimsy, oh, yeah. whimsy. And you can find, yeah, you can find um, the Reading Embrace on our link tree and on our website if you want to participate in the Reading Embrace. It's always I a good time. Mm-hmm. And you'll hear Delightful. me and Sabrina squee about you next January. If you do yes. it. Yeah. <laughs> so would you like to help us sign off? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Until next time, Romnivores, stay hungry. Read voraciously. And don't forget your sunscreen. Ooh, get that SPF. Bye. Bye. Yes. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>